Welcome to a special edition of the Apple and Apps and App Addict Weekly Podcast, all about the September 7th Apple event. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppleAndApps.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. And Brett, what did you think of the event? Uh, it was uh, kind of what we expected. There was one thing I was actually kind of excited about, but we'll get to that. And otherwise, I don't know that there was much of a surprise. It was pretty much everything they'd already been kind of given away ahead of time, like which seems to be the, the new normal with the Apple events. Yeah, on our last podcast, we talked all about what to expect, and this kind of followed that exact script. But Apple did break it down into special sections and features of the new devices that they introduced. So we'll start right where you expect with the iPhone 7, and it has this subtly new design. So it largely resembles the 6S and the 6 before it in both the 4.7 and 5. 5-inch designs, but now the antenna bands don't span the entire back. They're up in the corners, so it's a little cleaner. And then that allows them to create a new jet black color, which is essentially a glossy black. And then they have a new just black, which is matte instead of the space gray. Right, yeah, it basically replaces the space gray. To be honest, like, I use a case. I don't even care about those stupid antenna lines. It never bothered me even before if I had a clear case on it. I don't know why people are so hung up on this that they had such a problem with those antenna lines. Like, who really cares? So even the the big thing is really that the design didn't change because every year where we have the new number you expect a new design with the starting with the iphone 4 then the 5 the 6 and so now with the 7 you expect a new design but instead this is more like an s year where you just have internal improvements and the same exterior look right yeah i mean it we kind of knew this was coming but we almost hoped that it wasn't and then the now the rumors were leaning towards that they were going to save the big next big redesign till next year when it's the 10th anniversary of the iphone so it was kind of expected, but still it's a disappointment because they're already having sluggish sales. Why not go big, like really change it up and try to get more people to want this phone rather than just playing it safe and kind of disappointing people that are ready to upgrade. Like I'm ready to, I, I'm eligible to upgrade and I don't plan to upgrade because it's just not enough there for me to really want to pay more money and upgrade. Yeah, most people are on that numbered cycle where you get the iphone 6 and then the iphone 7 and you skip the 6s so it'll be interesting to see how many people actually do upgrade to this phone because as we go through these features it's tough to find stuff that actually the iphone 7 does that's a true improvement upon the 6s or even the 2014 6 right i mean there are definite improvements as we'll talk about but is it enough of an improvement for you to I, now pretty much the the two year contracts are gone? But is it enough of an improvement for you to take on like monthly payments if your phone's already paid off? Do you really want to go through that? And I for, I know for me it's not, and I suspect there's probably plenty of others that just aren't going to see enough here to warrant the to going back into paying for a phone. Yeah, and so with the design subtle changes. Apple's gotten rid of the home button, and instead there's essentially just a circle on the front of the screen where the home button used to be, which uses taptic feedback to 
mimic the idea of clicking a physical button. Right. It's kind of set up like that new touchpad clicking that they have on on the, the newer MacBooks. And I tried that out in the store before buying my previous gen MacBook Pro at a discount. And I didn't really care for it. And I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when I eventually do get a phone with that. It it felt a little weird. It, it sort of felt like a button you were clicking, but not quite. It was, I don't know, it felt a little unnatural. I, I suppose the type of thing you might get used to, but I don't know. The one odd thing that Apple kind of glanced over is that they said the home button can now be customizable because it's not a specific thing. And, I mean, I understand they were emphasizing accessibility, but they also listed it as as a separate feature. So I don't know if they're going to use it more. Yeah, I did, I did. they did mention that. And I, I was curious of what they meant. And they never did quite kind of get back to that or explain that more. They just kind of threw it out there saying it's more responsive, reliable, and customizable. Yeah. I guess maybe if it doesn't break down as much. I know uh, some people I know have had problems with their home buttons and had to get phones replaced. So I don't know. Maybe it's better that it's not really a button. And so the making the home button not clickable, and then later when we talk about they did actually remove the headphone jack, is that it's to make the device water and dust resistant. It's not waterproof like the new Apple Watch that we'll talk about. It's water resistant, so it can withstand splashes and not dunks into the pool. Well, it does. It, it did say it was IP67 protection standard, which that means it's 100% protected against solid objects like dust and sand, and it can work for at least 30 minutes while under 15 centimeters to one meter, which is three feet of water. So I guess you could dunk it into a shallow puddle or a a sink or I guess a toilet, it could go in for half an hour and still be okay. I, I'm just wondering, they must have changed their their water damage sensor on the inside of the phone to be able to tell what depth the, this went in and how long it was sitting in water. So that way they could, because you know people are going to complain, oh, my phone broke and it's supposed to be waterproof and or water resistant. And so I, there's got to be something in there now that they can tell exactly how much water it's been sitting in. Yeah, and I I mean, that is a feature. I don't know. It might, both removing the home button and making it more water resistant will probably have less time that the Genius Bar has to deal with broken phones. You would hope if yeah. it really works. But, I mean, I would have preferred that it be actually waterproof where I could take it and do underwater shots because it's got this great camera. I want to do like underwater shots with it, but you still would need a case like a waterproof case for that. And maybe we'll see that with the next gen, but I guess this is nice where just the average consumer that buys like a life proof case, they're not buying it because they're going to be taking underwater pictures. They're going to be taking it because maybe it gets dropped in a pool or, but then a pool goes over three feet. So it's really protected that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if it's a little baby in the shallow end, you're going to be dropping into that really warm water uh, and it'll be OK. But yeah, so I, it's better than nothing. I'm glad that they are, are doing this, but I'd like to see it go that next step. Yep. And so that brings us to the camera, which really 
that was the big kind of major emphasis of the event. And it seems like Phil Schiller could run a class about photography as he's going and talking <laughs> about all the different aperture and pixel changes and all of that stuff. And so there's going to be two different cameras depending on if you get the 4.7 or the 5.5 inch. And so the standard 4.7 inch phone finally gains the optical image stabilization that's been on the plus line since the 6 plus. But now it also has the improved camera sensor and, you know, it's 12 megapixel. It has improved light performance. There's a quad true tone flash on the back. And then the front camera's improved from 5 megapixels to 7 megapixels. So it has camera improvements, but it's the 7 Plus where you can really notice that camera enhancements with that dual lens system that uses a wide angle plus a telephoto lens to give you true optical zoom. It's not going to be like 10 times optical zoom. It's just two times optical zoom and then you can use digital zoom after that. But it's nice to actually finally have optical zoom on an iPhone because that's kind of the main distinguisher whenever I use my actual standalone camera is because you need to zoom in on things. Right, and they said that actually the because they have a telephoto lens, it also, through software, they can still accomplish up to a 10 times zoom that's still four times better quality than what they previously been able to do with software. And I think it's because of that new lens that they have on there. But again, that's only on the Plus model. So if you're someone who just is upgrading the smaller form factor, you're not going to be able to even take advantage of these features. You're just going to get a slightly improved camera, which is what you got with the 6S Plus. I mean, the original 6S. So that it's just, this is another area where it just seemed like we're upgrading the same things, but not really, I guess you're innovating on the 7 Plus side, but not on what is the more, I guess, popular size is that regular size phone. They're not doing a lot to upgrade to really want you to to move forward and upgrade your phone. It's kind of just incremental upgrades when this should have been a year of just massively, like they should have put this dual lens camera on both models and just really gone whole hog and, and upgraded everything. Yep. And so I'm personally excited to see what is possible with that plus model camera. I mean, they even have that new depth of field system where you can blur the background and have quality in the foreground. And they showed a couple examples of pictures you can now take with the new system. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what people in the real world, yes, they had like professionals show off what it can do, but what is the average consumer going to do with this technology? And I don't know, maybe there'll be new applications that come out that can take advantage of this somehow and come up with whole new ideas or games that can do something with it. It'll be, I'm really curious to see how it gets used by the app developers and then the consumer just in the picture taking form. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about the camera and how much time they they focused on it. And when you think of the, some of the more popular apps on the App Store, like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, a lot there's a lot, like even Periscope, they use the camera. A lot of the most popular apps in the App Store use the camera. It's one of the most important features on the phone when you think of all the apps that use it. True, yes, yeah. And so it's nice to get that camera improvement, but then... If you want that 4.7-inch device because you don't want this big, huge phone, 
it now leaves you even wanting because it, it you know it's possible you can see it right there on another device right right and I, i'm sure this is how the people like you probably felt this way when we got the optical stabilization way back when like it just it doesn't seem to make any sense that they wouldn't put it on both models i don't understand why they keep you have the larger screen on the bigger model that should be the distinguisher it shouldn't be other features that you've now stacked on this larger screen device when it's something that doesn't necessarily require that larger screen. You should be able to do it on both of your devices. Maybe it's, they didn't have the room inside the device. Well, that's, I mean, that's the claim where they also got rid of the, the headphone jack, where they said it was to free up room and, and all that. But there's got to be, I don't know, I guess maybe with the, the telephoto lens, but... I, they should be able to find a way. Yeah, that's next year. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, they don't want to give you everything because they do these incremental year-over-year -year changes. That way the 7 Plus can have some quad photo lens next year. <laughs> There'll be one in each corner, and you take four, and it combines the pictures into a hologram. Yep. And so that's the camera. And then to look at your new improved photos, they enhance the retina display, so it's not high resolution. It's not like you have a 4K display or anything, but you do have the new wide color gamut to better process colors, though it didn't seem like they gave the full offering that the 9.7-inch iPad Pro has in terms of the color screen quality. Yeah, they didn't mention whatever that, that feature that that's supposedly in my color? iPad Pro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they didn't mention that at all. They did mention it was 25% brighter, which should hopefully help in sunlight. Because I know even with my, I haven't really tried my iPad in bright sunlight, but my phone, it is like impossible to read in bright sunlight. So hopefully that helps some there. I would, that's my, one of my biggest complaints is just seeing it in the sun. And I know we'll get to the Apple Watch later, but they did mention like how bright that screen is to really be able to see it in the, the, the daylight. And the, and this is an area where it, the phone just still seems to be lagging behind. Yep. And so to go with your better visuals, slightly better visuals, they have audio enhancements. And the first one is stereo speakers. So now there's a speaker at the top of the phone as well as the bottom. So you can create that stereo sound, though. I don't know how many people listen to the well, speakers on their phone. Well, if you don't have a headphone jack, you might be forced to. Yeah, that's but. true. <laughs> but it's but not like it, when I think of stereo speakers, I think of watching a TV show or movie on my iPad, not on my phone. Right. Well, I will say having those stereo speakers on my iPad, it does sound a heck of a lot better than on the than listening on the phone or yeah. even on my iPad before I have those speakers. And it, I mean, also supposedly puts out twice as twice the volume of of sound that the the old speaker used to be able to put out, and twice the dynamic range. Which I don't even understand what that means, but uh, I guess that's a good thing. That way you can hear someone's annoying speaker call from across the <laughs> yes, room. Yes, you can. <laughs> While they're taking a photo, like holding the, the phone right over your over whatever you were trying to take a picture of. Yep. And so to continue that kind of audio theme, Apple did get rid of the headphone jack, and now you're going to rely on the lightning connector for both charging and listening to any type of wired headphone connection. And so to kind of 
smooth over the transition, Apple's including lightning-based earpods with the iPhone 7, as well as a dongle to convert from the standard 3.5 millimeter headphone jack to the lightning port. Right. I know we talked about this on the last podcast where we weren't sure what they were going to include. We didn't think they would include certain things. And it looks like they actually proved us a little wrong and decided to include both. Although the one question that's still out there is how do you listen from that lightning jack and charge your phone at the same time? Because it doesn't look like there's a way with those headphones to also have power. And if you're using the converter to convert it to the old style analog jack, there's no there was no power input on that little dongle they showed. So you're not going to be charging your phone while you're listening with one of those types of headphones. So that could be an issue if you're someone who tends to listen to a lot of music with headphones. Uh, you'd have to find another source for being able to charge it as well as listen. You'd have to switch to Bluetooth. Yeah, that's what the stereo speaker system's for when you're charging. <laughs> oh, true. Yes, you could listen on your speakers. True, yes. It's funny, though, because a lot of people make a big deal about the headphone jack, and then they compare it. It's like this, or, you know, it's like the floppy disk or whatever, or it's not like that, and that's a stupid comparison. Whatever, the, No matter how you look at it, Apple made the decision, and if you have some old headphones or some really deluxe headphones that require that wire, it's going to be relatively annoying. Me, personally, I use Bluetooth headphones all the time since I've had the iPhone 6. I don't no, I could probably count the number of times I've actually plugged in the headphone jack, and it's when my Bluetooth headphones are dead and I have to charge them. That's the only kind of time. Yeah, so I do use wired headphones occasionally just because they're quicker. I don't have to worry about it if they're charged. And then I know that uh, my brother uses the analog jack to plug in to his car. He doesn't use, necessarily use the Bluetooth because it gets disconnected all the time. Uh, and so he'll plug in with like a, a wired jack. Then you, the other thing you have to wonder about, though, are what about all those square card readers and all of these other devices that use that headphone jack as a means for input into the device. Now you're not going to have, now you could use the dongle, but if it's something like you're using uh, the phone as like your cash register and you're like someone who sells at the farmer's market, now you're basically draining your battery while using your, your square card reader in there, assuming they make a, either you have to hang it off a dongle or they'll make one that now you can use the lightning port with but you're not gonna again you're not gonna have a way to charge the device while this thing is being plugged in so you're gonna run into situations where that lack of being able to charge and use the port at the same time it's the same thing that ran in the people were running into with that single usb-c port on the macbook air you need a way to be able to have power and data at the same time and it doesn't look like apple really cares about that they kind of just assume you're going to use it it's got great battery life which in certain situations it does but you're still going to drain that thing and they don't really seem to care about that case where people want to charge and use that data port yeah they're just telling people to use wireless I mean, yeah, I most of yeah. the products they sell inside the Apple store are wireless based. So that's kind of what they're emphasizing. 
Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I know. I, I know they're trying to do that, but there's frustrations with wireless stuff because you do have to charge it. Yeah, but part of me feels like a couple iPhones down the line aren't going to have a lightning port. I know, yeah. <laughs> if, if they really want to go truly wireless, they're going to have to have a way, I mean, truly water, waterproof, they're going to have to completely eliminate that lightning port as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see when they get rid of the lightning port and how annoyed people are going to be then. That's why I try to buy no cables or adapters or anything. Just try to figure out that wireless version because you know that's where Apple's headed. Well, eventually they would have to put in wireless charging as well. Like, I was kind of surprised they didn't have wireless charging. Well, you know, we can transition to the AirPods. So they include wireless charging, and I think it's kind of a test bed for Apple to see how well the wireless charging works and how people use it to then be able to mass produce it for the next iPhone. Yeah, so these AirPods, these were like the surprise, and I'm actually really interested in these. So what they are are basically wireless earbuds that have a special W1 chip inside of them that allows you to pair them with devices quickly. And then the biggest draw for this was this thing supposedly allows you to then quickly switch between all your devices. So, like, I'll be able to use them on my MacBook, and then with, like, a tap, I'll be able to switch it over to use it on my phone, and another tap, switch it over to use it on my iPad, and never have to try to repair or, uh, like, turn off Bluetooth, turn it back on so that the pairing happens again. Like, all the frustrations you have with current wireless headphones – these sound like they're going to be the miracle product that allows you to switch between all your Apple devices seamlessly. This is kind of the wireless emphasis that they're pushing. Because people, when they think of wireless, they think of the frustration of having to pair your device and then connect each time, hold that button to get it to activate. And this is kind of what Apple wants that future to be, where you simply press connect and then all your connected devices on iCloud understand that connected that you did the first time and so now you can easily switch between your watch or your mac or your ipad or your phone all from that single initial connection and then every future time that you're going to connect right right and it's they didn't explain what this w1 chip is just that it it's going to be used in other beats products as well but it sounds like as far as i could tell it's probably a mixture of traditional wi-fi technologies and bluetooth is the way they're doing it and i don't know if it's kind of like the way they do the the airdrop it's got to be something it's it's probably similar and so i'm 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 thinking it's that and but one of the neat aspects of this these AirPods is they have infrared sensors, which then they can detect when they're in your ears. So they're only playing the music when they're sitting in your ears. And then they have motion sensors as well as uh, beam forming microphones. So they can detect your voice as you're talking and then kind of pull out any kind of background noise to give you the clearest phone quality. Like if you're using them to, to talk to someone on a FaceTime call or or a phone call, it'll drown out all that outside noise and give you the best quality sound possible. Yeah, and I think it also uses like the vibration of your jawline or something. It might. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So what they basically they they work for five hours on a single charge, and they come with this little case that they sit in, and the case looks like it's about the size of the the little plastic case that your your normal little 
earbuds from Apple that come with the phone come in, and that case can provide up to 24 hours of charging. And then when that runs out of power, you can plug in a lightning cable and charge up both the case and your earbuds at the same time. They didn't say how long it takes to charge, but I gotta imagine it's they promised fast charging. Quick. Yeah, that's yeah. A, so. But that was so. Pretty how long neat. does the, the how long does the watch take to charge when you do a wireless charge on that? I have no clue. Do you know? I plug it in at night and I wake up and it's charged. Oh, okay. But okay. it does go, but I, I mean, it relatively quick. If you're low, it gets up to like 75% in uh, okay. like probably 15 minutes. Yeah, because this to me were like the star of the show. Like I really want to try these out. And uh, they're supposedly going to be available in October for $159. So, yeah. so the $159 I mean, kind of price... Yeah, that's the kind of question mark for me. Do I want to spend $160 and then without knowing how easily they drop out of your ears? And then also right. with no, yeah. there's no like noise canceling capabilities when you're listening to music. Like when you're spending premium prices for headphones, you expect something where you can just fully be immersed in your music. Right. Especially where they have three other uh, Beats products the the solo three but those are like big cans and then uh they have the power beats which are closer to the, like the smaller ones i'm sure those are going to be expensive and then they have these beats x which look like they're smaller more affordable ones but they did look like they had a cable in between the two of them so i mean you're you're paying for convenience of not having a cable anywhere I'm curious to see, like you, how well they stay in your ear, like if you want to wear these running or exercising. I did try, I have like the, the wired earbuds in my ear right now. I tried shaking my head like crazy and they didn't fall out. But I got to wonder if uh, if these, because they have that microphone that hangs down, if there's a little added weight there that maybe they wouldn't stay in as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of kind of wait and see until people get them and and kind of see what what the feeling is on them before I jump on them. Because yeah, I have the earpods, the wired ones, and I've run with them before. And it seems like the only time they come out of my ears is if my hand like pulls on the cable accidentally and rips okay, them out. So you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it more. They might be they come a little looser in your ear. You know, it's not like it like comes drops out, so the sound isn't as strong. So I could see that yes. happening. But I actually now that you mention it, I don't remember them like just falling out on their own as I'm running. Yeah, I mean, maybe you get Apple Care on them just in case, <laughs> just in case they fall out. And so the AirPods were pretty neat. It'll be interesting, like you said, how they actually perform. Beyond, you know, just the Apple video showing you how great they can be. Right, right. And so finally for the iPhone 7, well, partly that you can now use Apple Pay in Japan. So we'll cover that. And then Woo! the actual performance of the device, it has the A10 Fusion chip, which is now quad-core chip that has two main processors and then two smaller ones that use one-fifth the power of the actual other chips so they're more energy efficient and then the system's smart enough to put low energy apps to those other two cores so you have full processing power on the other two main cores but whenever apple starts talking about the processing power of the phone i'm like 
I don't think there's an app I've used on my iPhone 6 where like, God, this is super slow or it can't handle this or anything. I have no clue what they're running on their phones that is testing or needing this huge processing bump every year. Yeah, I don't unless you're doing some high intensity game, but then the GPU would be more the thing you're, you have to worry about. I don't understand. Yeah. What are you doing on the phone? Because mostly I use it for email and checking weather directions or something yeah yeah i mean i don't do a lot of like the fact that i can't just quickly close all my apps is kind of annoying and then i definitely notice a slowdown actually it's safari tends to slow down things the most when a bunch of tabs are open in safari all of a sudden i'll know my my phone starts getting sluggish and i have to go into safari which i don't even use i use chrome but other apps open stuff in Safari, so then I have to close all the tabs in Safari, and then all of a sudden, it seems to be doing much better. So something with Safari is the hog, and maybe that's what it is that's slowing everything down. And so you now have that improved chip, which is, I guess, always good to have, and so you can play new games like Oz Broken Kingdom. <laughs> and F1 2016 from yeah. Codemasters. And so... Those are great. And then you have improved battery <laughs> life, which, I mean... It didn't look like it was that much of an improvement, was it? The, the, I couldn't like tell. They, yeah, they have that whole list, that whole diagram. Like, previously you get 12 hours on LTE, now you get 13 hours. And then they come down with the ultimate summation that you get two hours on average better battery life in the course of a day on the 4.7 inch and one hour on the plus 5.5 inch. With this, this new chip, that has something that uses one-fifth of the power, I would expect a much more dramatic improvement on the average user's battery life than, than an hour on, that, on the large phone. And you should be able to pack in more battery because what did they put in the spot where the headphone jack was? And then there's that digital was, audio the adapter they need too. They yeah, should have put well, something there. Put another speaker over there. Yes. Yeah. Well, they like, didn't though. They said that that speaker on the left hand side, or the yeah, the left hand side is just cosmetic. Just oh, so it it's is. Sy oh, okay. symmetry around the so lightning looks, connector. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I that's th weird. <laughs> I don't know what's over in that bottom left corner now. I don't know. That's, that's a good question. And I don't remember saying anything thinner. So at least they didn't make it thinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't lose battery life there but yeah like why not they should just be packing every open space of that phone with battery especially because i know the 6s offered a little bit better battery than the 6 and so you think yes. that after two years for the iphone 6 you'd have a big battery improvement and it still like you said didn't seem like that no, no. It, it, I, I'm just trying to remember because I couldn't find I, – I, I was going to look it up and I forgot to before we started recording to see what I actually – what the stats they presented were from my 6 plus two years ago. Yeah. Although the battery seems to have gotten much degraded over the past two years. Like yeah, I that's the only reason I'm thinking awesome. of upgrading is just because the battery doesn't hold the charge that it used to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the limitation of batteries getting older. <laughs> but yes. I mean, that's the iPhone 7. It doesn't have any like standout feature like, oh my God, this is so awesome, or even anything like that you can quickly, like, say you got the new iPhone and someone's like, oh, what's new in that iPhone? It's tough to say, oh, like, if you get the 
piano black glossy one and then you get the 5.5 inch with the new dual camera lens you can point to those two things but if you got just like the regular 4.7 inch in like silver or gold or whatever you can't really tell that it's the iphone 7 well there's no antennas on the back those gaudy <laughs> antennas like yes. whoa well no the well, one thing we didn't mention was they did do a size bump finally um so there's no longer that 16 gig. It starts at 32, and not only did they bump it, they this would actually impress me. They actually bumped it, so now they're 32, 128, and 256. So they got rid of like the 64. Now, if you were buying at the 64 level, you're getting 128 now, which is so nice. Which they pretty much had to because. Your photos are going to take up a ton of space with all these live photos, the video, 4K video you might be recording, and all this other stuff. They really had to raise the space, and it's about time they did it. Yeah, it's a nice benefit, especially on the high tier. But even going from 16 to 32 is really good on the low tier. But then from going from 32 up to 128 for another $100 probably pushes most people to that mid-tier, and it helps Apple upsell. Right, yeah, yeah, because you're looking at that and you're getting four times the amount, or actually even more than that, right? No, no, that's four right. Times. Yeah, four times the amount. And so, uh, yeah, but you know, one thing we should note is if you want that new shiny jet black, you can only get that in the 128 or 256 uh, configs. They won't do that in the low end. Yep, and so the pre orders start on September 9th at 12.01 a.m. Or is that September 10th? Uh, uh, no, it's September. They said September 9th. I know. So I that's is Friday. it September 9th at 12.01, which means it's actually the night of the 8th? It's, I would think it's the night of the 8th into the 9th, right? If so that's it's only, the 9th, is yeah. the day you can order? That's coming yeah, up really so quick then. <laughs> yes. And then it's going to be available on the 16th in-store and shipping on that day. And it's going to be available in 28 countries, and then a week later it's going to be in 30 additional countries. So they plan to roll it out quickly, though. I don't know who's going to be buying them in any of those 58 countries. I'm sure that's <laughs> going to do fairly well for people upgrading from lower-end devices, especially with those enti the enticing size bumps that they're offering. And because it's the same pricing as they had last year for the, for the 6S. So... I can see where in 6S Plus, I can see where if you're upgrading from like a 5, or if you still had a 5 around, it's it would be pretty enticing, especially where you get so much more space and you get this much faster device than your 5. Uh, but for me with the 6S Plus, I mean 6 Plus, I, it's just not going to entice me to, to pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm still on the fence. And the only kind of thing would be to improve my storage space from 16 gigabytes because I shouldn't have bought 16 gigabytes <laughs> <laughs> and then just to get the bigger phone and then get that new camera system but then there's always the potential of the Apple's been essentially in a holding pattern for 2015 and 2016 to release this outstanding iPhone 8 which may or may not come to fruition and if it doesn't you've missed out but that's kind of where I'm at yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I'm hoping my battery life and stays enough that I can last another year. I mean, I may be upgrading halfway through the year for some reason. This doesn't work, or 
maybe I'll get lucky and there'll be some sort of a recall on my six plus, uh, and because of that whole gray screen touch problem, that there's going to be a a uh, lawsuit against them for, and maybe I'll, they'll replace my phone for free, and all of a sudden I'll have excellent battery life again for the rest of the year. I'm intrigued by the upgrade program, the Apple upgrade program for thirty-seven dollars a month for the Plus. Just for, because that's for the one twenty-eight. No, I think that's for this thirty-two. That's for thirty-two, yeah, because it goes up to forty-something dollars a month, yeah. I think, for for the other one, yeah. But if I was getting it every year, I could handle thirty-two gigabytes now, and then push that decision off for another year, because then you're going to get the iPhone eight. True. Yeah. The one thing with that though is you're paying. You're not saving money by doing because you're basically paying the cost of Apple Care because they force you to get Apple Care when you do it through Apple. But the nice thing about them is you can upgrade after a year if you want, and you don't have to basically buy out the rest of the phone con. Like if you do it through AT&T and you want to upgrade after a year, you basically have to pay for the rest of the phone to pay the the full cost of the phone before you can then upgrade. Yeah. And with the Apple one, you don't have to do that, but you're paying extra money because you're paying for Apple Care on top of the phone costs. Yeah, the Apple Care, it comes out it's a difference of $5 if you get it's 32 bucks if you get it from your carrier for 24 months. If you do Apple, it's 37 bucks. It includes Apple Care, but then you don't have to pay those extra 12 months. Like say I'm getting the iPhone 8 next right. year. You just start paying right there. You start over, essentially. Right. It's a good deal for someone who wants to upgrade every year. But if you're someone who's on the fence and you don't necessarily want to upgrade every year, then it it's a slightly better deal not to do if you don't care about the Apple Care and do it through your provider. But otherwise, you could still – you don't have to upgrade after a year with the Apple one. You can ride out the full two years and not upgrade every year if you don't want to, but you're now paying for Apple Care. Yeah, and the uh, Apple well. Care, it comes into play, you know, really beyond that first year. That's when you're right. going to start needing Apple Care, and that's when you're already upgrading your phone. That's why it sucks that they include it, but I understand them wanting to make money to include it. Right, right. They're basically banking on no one's ever going to have to use it in that first year, and they're getting that extra $60 from the person for nothing. Yep. And so, I mean, that's definitely an option. And that's pretty much the iPhone 7. Again, you can start pre-ordering on September 9th at 12.01 a.m. So if you are thinking about it, you probably should decide relatively quickly. Yep, yeah, because yeah, there were rumors that it could be limited on the on the Plus models again this time because of the the lenses, I believe. So if you're, especially if you're going for the Plus, you want to get in early. The glossy black, too. Oh, I'm sure that glossy black is going to be popular. Yeah, the plus glossy black 128 gigabyte is probably going to be the one that sells out first. Yeah, I bet that's the one that <laughs> most people are going to go for. And so that means we can move on to the Apple Watch, which we now have Apple Watch Series 2. And the first Apple Watch launched back in March of 2015. So we have pretty much 18 months of the first Apple Watch, and Apple's going to offer a pretty significant update in the form of watchOS 3, but that doesn't mean there's still not room for a new hardware version. And so with Series 2, there's pretty much three main features. The first one is swim-proof, where it's actually waterproof. You can go swimming with your Apple Watch on. It even has special activity 
routines geared towards swimming laps. Yes, this is awesome. This is what it needed from the start, and I don't know why they didn't do it. But yes, this and I love the the cool way. So they showed you how they made it swim proof. So they had basically had to cover up everything, but they couldn't cover up the speaker. So the what they actually have it do is the water can come in to where the speaker is, and then when you're done, the speaker actually vibrates to to expel that water that happened to be in that little reservoir where the the speaker is. So it's a cool technical solution for. Getting rid of all of any water that happens to be in the watch after you go swimming or it comes into contact with water. Yeah, that was one of the neatest parts where the speaker just vibrates the water out because that was the only hole they couldn't kind of close. And then right. it's it's certified up to 50 meters in depth. So unless you're doing some deep sea diving, you should be relatively good. No, yeah, that's it. 50 meters is the usual standard for any kind of waterproof watch that you tend to buy unless you buy like a diver's watch. Yeah. And so the swim, the waterproof is um, probably should have been there with the first one, but now it is there. And then they have a new system on a chip or process. What do they call it? SOP? They call it the SIP. SIP. System in, yeah. I don't know. In processor, I think, or something. I don't remember what it stood for. But anyway, it's a second generation <laughs> that's 50 times faster than the first one or 50% faster. And the weird thing is that they're emphasizing watchOS 3 that is going to be instantaneous app launch on the first generation Apple Watch, <laughs> but we're improving the processor. What's the processor going to do? Is it going to make instantaneous more instantaneous? That just seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they also mentioned that the GPU is faster, which that, but then like, what are you doing that's so graphics yeah, I'm running, intensive? Like, I don't know that. Wizard of Oz game on my phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> or on my watch. Well, no, they showed some. They showed some game on there. Yeah, some it looked like that match three game from Disney, that Stack Rabbit game that's been like rebranded as something yeah, else. I, I don't know. It, like, I can't imagine you're going to be doing anything that you need that much GPU power, except maybe to real time draw maps. I guess maybe. I don't understand Play why. Play Flappy Bird or if you on gonna, my watch. What was that? Play Flappy Bird on my watch. Oh, Flappy Bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. I, some of these things where they tout them, like I think they just do it for numbers. Like, but I mean, it, what, the Series Two is an impressive upgrade. Well, and, they offer the I GPS mean, what, chip too. Right, the built-in GPS, and the and then they still do not mention what battery life is going to be on the Series Two at all. Well, it's because they made the screen twice as bright so now it's a thousand nits and i think one nit is the brightness of a candle so a thousand nits is one thousand it's candles. probably draining that battery yeah. yeah so any improvements they would have gone they would have gotten from making the screen subtly thinner and using a better processor or whatever the case may be they burnt it by making the screen brighter and i don't know if that was a good decision to make now do you have any problems with the current screen reading it in direct sunlight or not no i've never noticed it Okay. Because okay. they use distinct yeah. colorings on a black background, so I oh, don't true, notice true. it as much. Well, they are going to offer the new ceramic white, but the screen is still black. Yeah. Uh, but and they say it's four times stronger than steel, but they still they didn't give you a pricing on that. No, they then didn't. They I their... wanted to know how much more the ceramic was going to cost because we know they have that 
aluminum low end that was 349 and then the stainless steel was like 100 to 200 dollars more and so now ceramic is four times stronger you got to imagine it's going to be more expensive well they mentioned the same breath as the hermes yeah like watch band so you got to imagine it's up there in price is it as expensive as the gold one no yeah but it's got to be somewhere in between and so the new Series 2 is going to start at 369 but I think one of the most interesting parts of the Apple Watch segment was that the first generation is going to get the new processor, and then it's going to be 269 And that's expensive for the smartwatch space compared to, like, Pebble or something, but it's definitely closer and more appealing, especially with the faster processor chip. Right, yeah, yeah. I was surprised that it, well, I, I was surprised they even upgraded the original one that they did do that that processor upgrade. I thought they would just drop the price of the Series One and try to blow those out. So, yeah, that was kind of impressive. They would go back and improve the processor and then offer it at that two sixty nine, which is not a bad price. I mean, yes, it is on the higher end, but it's not so overwhelmingly high compared to to other devices. It still has the the unattractive battery life but it's within range of these other things price-wise and feature-wise it has a lot of extra features so i could see where it might swing someone to to get the apple watch instead i mean one of the other things they did have was that nike plus edition that they were going to come out with then that was going to be the same pricing as the the watch series 2 the other ones and it was going to have special like four different kind of setups of colors and and band styles and it was all going to be kind of geared more towards the runners and ways to have just uncluttered displays so that you can focus on the running focus on activity versus all of the other stuff uh, granted it would still do all the other stuff but it kind of focuses itself on exercise and running because that's what nike's all about yeah i remember when we first talked about the apple watch your kind of hesitations was it wasn't waterproof it doesn't do sleep tracking because the battery life didn't last long enough and right. that it's you have to essentially connect it to the phone and so they only solved one of those well they solved two of them because they do have the gps but sort of the gps but, isn't as important as cellular connectivity right that still doesn't give you the notifications but granted i still have to have my phone for uh, for connecting for notifications. So I kind of expect to have to carry the phone. It was more the waterproof and the battery life that really killed it for me because I don't want to have to take the thing off every single night to charge it. I don't want to take it off if I'm going to take a shower. Like, I just don't even want to worry about it. My Pebble lasts like five days on a charge and five to seven days. And I don't even have to worry about it. I get a little notification when I have to charge it. I usually just unplug it and charge it while I'm doing other stuff and then put it back on and I'm good for like a week, which that's what I want because I'm not going to use all these tons of be bells and whistles of the Apple Watch. I use it for very basic things. And I guess that's why the Pebble works fine for me for what I use it for. And yes, it would be nice to have the Apple Watch, but I they're definitely moving in a in a direction that I like, it's just not quite there for me to pull the trigger on the Series 2, maybe the Series 3, if they finally find a way to improve the battery life. Yep. And so that is the Apple Watch. And that kind of, both the iPhone 7 and the Apple Watch tied into new Nintendo apps. 
And so since we're talking about the Apple Watch, there's going to be Pokemon Go for the Apple Watch. And they showed a demo, and it's weird because at first idea, you're like, that's pretty neat that you could just, you know, you don't have to stare at your phone. You can be walking along and, oh, look, I have the Pokemon. I can catch it right on my watch. But that's not the case at all. Essentially, it's a glorified skin for notifications to alert you when a Pokemon is nearby. You can activate the Pokestops on your watch, but if an actual Pokemon is there, you need to pull out your phone. All your watch is telling you is pull out your phone now. Okay, so when he was doing the demo, I and he said, oh, there's a Pokemon. I got to pull out my phone and catch it, but I'm not going to do that right now. I thought he was going to go, oh, no, I don't. And then he was going to all of a sudden catch it with the watch on. And then he just kept on continuing with the demo. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You're supposed to, you made this whole point of like, you don't need the phone to play and you don't have to look. I'm like, what do you, you missed a huge opportunity. Like, I don't want to have to have the phone out. Like, just swipe swipe my arm or swing my arm or make like a sword motion or throwing ball motion, and then you get the catch the Pokemon. Like, I just it seemed like such a lost opportunity, and it just seemed like a big fail. I he could have gotten such huge cheers if you could have just swung your arm like you were tossing a Pokeball and you caught the the Pokemon. Like, imagine that. That yeah, would have been a great perfect. idea. <laughs> the only problem is that I wear my watch on my left hand and I throw right-handed and I would look all awkward. True. Well, most people do, yes. <laughs> so you would have to throw with your incorrect hand, but still, it would be there. That yeah. would be It's a really better. neat idea. It would be much better than, oh, I need to whip out my phone because the idea of Pokemon Go is to kind of not have it be so active and the idea of the Apple Watch is not to be staring at your phone. So it's an idea in principle. They just didn't really execute it like you possibly could. No, and you just thought it was going in one direction, and then he just failed miserably. And, it, yeah, like you said, it's basically just a way to monitor the eggs to see if they hatched. And then it, it was cool that you could check into the Pokestops right there. But other than that, it was pretty much useless. The like activity tracking was pretty cool, though. Because right now you need the Pokemon Go app open to track your steps if you don't have it open okay, on your true. phone oh, it doesn't yeah, track yeah, your true. steps okay yeah i see what you mean yep and then, but but yeah, my biggest ahead. thought when they said pokemon go on the phone uh, on the watch was it already drains people's phone uh, phone batteries down to the ground what does it do to the watch yeah like is that killing the watch battery like Maybe. crazy probably everything ends up being battery <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why you can't catch pokemon on your watch uh, probably it would be that much more that they would have to like drain your battery for me though when they talked about pokemon go and then they said it wasn't going to launch for a few months i'm like do they pokemon go isn't as hot as it was when it first launched i know it's now starting to lose popularity yeah, you're pushing a few months down the road it's it just I, I didn't i was like it doesn't seem you've got to get that stuff out now you got to strike while the iron's hot. Right. It's like putting out the Angry Birds movie five years after Angry Birds was popular. Yeah. Like, it seems kind of short. Like, they they had an idea that if they could have gotten in production and out the door right away, they would have been much more successful than they're going to be months down the road. And then the other Nintendo app is Super Mario Run. So Mario is coming to iOS 
And before you get super excited, it's not like Super <laughs> Mario 64 or any of the like Super Mario Galaxies come into the iPhone. Instead, it's an auto runner where all you do is tap to jump. And you've played these type of runners before. But now it has a Mario theme. So you can jump on Koopas and Goombas and avoid Piranha Plants. You'll even encounter Bowser. But it's all going to be in that auto runner setup. There's no distinct levels. And it's really weird. The more you kind of find out about the screenshots and watch the little app preview video, it seems like there's a timer where you need to make it to the end of the course in a set amount of time. But it's unclear what happens when you do or if you fail and how that timer kind of impacts like is it like bejeweled blitz where you you know try to score as much as you can in a certain amount of time is it actually an endless runner like temple run i couldn't figure it out no he mentioned during the demo something about having to beat the timer and make it to the end but then there was a second mode where you could have like you're basically racing against the ghost of one of your friends and yeah, trying that to earn neat. more money but the whole time, when he first, the, from the moment he uttered Super Mario Run, all I could think of is if this were any other game in the App Store, people would just complain that it was just another auto runner and who cares about this game. But the fact that you can slap Mario on it and now all of a sudden people are excited for the game just because it has Mario in it, even though it, you could have easily made this game anytime. And had any other character in there, and people would have panned it. And it, I don't know; it just seems kind of bogus. Just because it's Mario, people are going to love this thing. And it's even uh, more simplified I, than Sonic Dash, which is like Temple Run with yes. the. Actually, it's more like Subway Surfers. It has three lanes, and people pan that that it's just, you know, these endless runners with a Sonic theme. This one's a more simplified, super simplified version with a 2D side-scrolling thing that actually plays in vertical. It doesn't even give you the horizontal perspective, but it has yes, Mario, yeah. so it's well, okay. Well, because you can play with one hand. They yeah. want to make sure you can play with one hand. Now, the other thing that was kind of weird was he said families can enjoy this and they will only ever have to pay once and never again. But then it got really confusing because is, is it a free game with a single, like, unlock in-app purchase yes or is it a paid game or it, it they didn't really specify during that thing after the fact you sent me like a press release which may sound like is a free game and then you have like a single in-app purchase right yeah when we when he talked about it it sounded like it's going to be 299 or whatever it's a it's a paid game right and then yes. the press release says it's a free download for everyone to try and then to get the full experience you have to do a single in-app purchase so it's true that it doesn't have that freemium setup of buying coins or whatever it's still it's weird that they kind of didn't describe it the best possible way well that could have just been a language thing too yeah. the way he just Try to describe it. The the other thing I noticed just before we started recording is, I guess when you're Nintendo, now the rules completely change. Because if you go try to go to uh, Super Mario Run on the App Store, all of a sudden there's this whole brand new system where you it pops up the app preview page, opens in iTunes, and there's this notify button where you can get notified when the game is released. I don't know if they're going to start doing this with a lot of titles or 
if this is something where people pay Apple to get featured as a notify me title or how this is going to work or if you set a specific release date, if now you can have a little notify, I don't know. But this is the first time I've ever seen this where you go to the App Store and where you normally see like get or buy uh, or download or update, it just says a little orange bar that says notify. Yeah, it's in the number one spot on the featured games on the front of the app store they put super mario run and then you click on it it has all the screenshots the description the video but then there's just the notify button because the game's not set to launch until december yeah so like this thing is already like number one on the app store and it's not even available i wonder if it's going to be you know how apple does specific apple music kind of things where you have an exclusive release like with Taylor Swift's new oh, album yeah, yeah. or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're going to do that with apps now, especially if they get big developers like Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. And so that's pretty much the Nintendo apps. And then continuing the software theme, iOS 10 is set to launch on September 13th. WatchOS 3 is set to launch on September 13th. And then macOS Sierra is going to launch a week later on September 20th. But the Macs were non-existent, so that update is just going to be to your old Macs. We have no clue if any new Macs are going to be released in 2016. Right, yeah, there was no <laughs> Mac mentioned. Actually, even just the uh, the update to macOS wasn't even mentioned. No, they just updated their web page. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and weird. so, the, the, and the, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if they were short on time or they wanted to have more Sia songs or or what. But <laughs> they seem to like they they seem to like skip certain things. Like there was no update as to what's going on with Apple TV. There was no update on iPads. There was no update on Mac OS, and all this stuff was kind of just glossed over they but then they did stuff in the background that, that they didn't even tell you about yeah the web page is updated for ipads and that the same boosts and storage that the iphone 7 got is coming to the ipads and then the ipad pro they dropped the price a hundred dollars on every tier above the base model or 50 to 100 50 50 to 100 yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, you would but think silently. With iPad sales <laughs> slumping, like you would announce like, hey, guess what? We just did all these nice changes to the iPad, like just even a brief mention, like, hey, you just wanted to know that iPads were, were putting them on sale and like something so that people know about it. Because unless you're going hunting for an iPad on the the Apple site, you're not even going to notice this. I didn't notice it until you told me about it. Yeah, it's really weird. With like you said, iPad sales are slumping. So maybe before see it comes on stage, you say we've doubled the storage <laughs> on t across the entire iPad line, and with our iPad Pros, we've made more affordable pricing. Then you throw up the screen with the little breakdown. Done. <laughs> and they could have gotten a free cheer from the audience, like, yeah. or maybe they were worried the audience wouldn't cheer. I don't know. <laughs> Although half that audience was all Apple employees. Like, yep. did you see that? He's like, at the all end, the Apple yeah. employees stand up. Like, they, they padded the audience. Yep. And so that's pretty much September 7th Apple event. It was as expected. And I think my main kind of takeaway is that there was more yawns than oohs and ahs from Apple's announcements. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, really, for me, the the 
I almost said AirBuds. That would that would be something completely different. But the AirPods, uh, those were like the star of the show for me. Uh, and I don't know. I will have. To, I, I'm very tempted to get those. But otherwise, yeah, everything was. They was all revealed ahead of time. If there's really not a lot new there, or enough new, maybe if you're really into photography, it's like you probably already have a DSLR camera at that point. But I don't know. I'm hoping for something big next year, and I'm hoping Apple doesn't disappoint. And if you do keep your old iPhone, you get iOS 10 on September 13th. Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to that. Some new new features. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed this special edition. We'll return as usual. And Brett, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, uh, it was always a pleasure. It was a, a good event to, to, to bash. And... Uh, it was a, a fun, fun podcast. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.